listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. In the final part of the show, we get a view from mainland China from Andrew Collier, Managing Director at Orient Capital Research. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Good, good. Um, so it's been a positive start for the markets in the year of the dragon. So is this rally a sign of things to come for the rest of the year? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm a little surprised at how enthusiastic people are, but the news has been so dismal for the past six months that I think people are looking for any rays of light. And certainly there have been a few rays of light. The government has talked about trying to inject more central government funds to complete property construction. Uh, There's been lots of rumors about state buying by uh, some of the policy banks using their offshore U.S. dollar holdings of the market. And uh, so the markets are, um, I think, the problem with that is that their enthusiasm is based upon expectations of further large-scale stimulus of some kind, either for the markets themselves or for certain sectors such as property. And I don't think the central government has the uh, ability or interest in continuing with that kind of large-scale stimulus. They're also trying to take measures to bring back in some foreign tourism, foreign businesses, or they're trying to attract foreign businesses to come back. There seems to be quite a concerted effort in terms of realising where it's going wrong and trying to put it right. They're also trying to boost the private sector. Um, So are they not trying to do the right thing? No, none of these are structural changes. But but what they're saying is that we would love the private sector to contribute more to the economy, and we'd love to see more foreign investment. And we're going to be as as welcoming as possible to both of those areas of the economy. But the concerns among uh, the domestic investors and international investors – Uh, has to do with the structural problems in the Chinese economy and the declining uh, protection for investors and for their investments in China. Uh, Given the ability, the increasing intrusion of the party into the operations of the private sector, uh, most foreign businesses are not terribly optimistic about uh, putting, planting a flag in in, in the ground. So uh, unless... There are some fundamental changes. I think that the the ad campaign that the the party is running is not going to be successful. And what are those fundamental changes that the foreign businesses want to see in order to get them back into China then? Well, you've got two kinds of businesses. Remember, you have the long-term investors that are doing big industrial plants and companies like Apple that are selling into the China. And then you have the uh, retirement funds with uh, billions, if not trillions of dollars of investment money. The retirement funds are don't have to s- establish plants, but they are concerned about the structural downturn in the property sector and whether there's any hope of China actually achieving any sort of significant GDP growth going forward because of that. And so far, um, it's been piecemeal uh, efforts. Uh, Basically, you have to get rid of a lot of unfinished buildings. You have to sort of slow the entire pace of the economy and find new sources of growth. And that's going to be a real tough task. For other investors who are looking at at, at actual establishing factories, uh, there has to be reassurance that their money will be safe that their personal safety will be guaranteed, that the national security laws in China won't be used the way we've seen to some degree in Hong Kong uh, that makes them concerned about their well-being. 
And you mentioned about the property sector. I mean, new home sales in January were the lowest in a number of years or almost ever. Um, so that's a pretty poor sign in terms of where things are going, is it not? Well, it is, and that that data is extremely manipulated. I mean, nobody actually accepts that as any close to reality because you're talking about, I think the latest pricing for Beijing was something like near flat or down 1%. And my friends in Beijing say that their their values are down 20 or 30%. And most of the data on both sales and pricing is coming either from local governments or local developers who have a vested interest in trying to keep things up. So the, the, the whole situation, the property sector is far worse than the government is letting on. Um, at what point we hit a floor, and what the government does with the trillions of dollars in debt is the real question. And we're seeing some of that work out now. I mean, local governments are now starting to um, try to complete certain unfinished buildings and put other developers out of business. Uh, and we obviously saw the collapse of Evergrande. So that process uh, is starting. And it's it, unfortunately, it's good, but it will be painful. Yeah, I mean, there's no gain without some pain, right? Um, and then the other weak sector seems to be the electrical, electric vehicle sector or the auto sales as a whole. Um, they also came in extremely weak as well. So it seems the consumers aren't quite buying the story yet in China. Um, is that right to say? Well, the, the per, per capita expenditure over Chinese New Year, even though the total was quite high, was still below 2019 levels. So people are still rating it in. Pork, pork sales are also down. So there's a, the consumer is very nervous about the future. Obviously, there's a wealth effect with lower uh, incomes. EV has been a bright spot. I, I think there was a lot of capital wasted over the past two decades to achieve the companies that we have. But there's no doubt that there are very good companies making excellent cars. Um, uh, there's a pullback in the United States in the EV sector because of concerns about battery usage and um, range anxiety. In China, I think that similar th may, events may be going on and there may be just consumer concerns about that. And then you've got the fact that the EU is likely to push back on exports to the EU of EVs. So even that bright spot is unfortunately tarnished by some global issues. So are there bright spots in China at the moment? Um, I mean, we, you, you talked about the Chinese New Year, tourism. And overall spending was up, although on a per capita basis it was down from lower than 2019 levels. But are those little signs that maybe there could be some positivity coming back? And where would those bright sectors be? Well, certainly the service sector in terms of travel and so forth has, has been relatively healthy because people were locked up during COVID and they're very happy to be getting out and about again. Uh, you've got certain things like pharmaceuticals, uh, some of the high-tech areas in Shenzhen and so forth have been real bright spots for China because you've got some people who've been doing this for several decades and they've got the real uh, infrastructure and ecosystem to achieve gains. Uh, so yes, there are definitely some bright spots. Uh, unfortunately, that's not, from a macroeconomic point of view, adequate to revive the, to place the ailing property sector. You have 30% of the entire economy is based on that. And it or was at, at one point. And the other problem is that the even though there's efforts to allow the private sector to flourish, unfortunately, uh, the government is still funding mainly the state sector because that's what everybody's comfortable doing. If you in times of trouble, you go to safety and the safety is some large SOE that is backed by the government. So and then the, the third area is the tech sector, you know, Alibaba and, and financial and so forth were quite helpful to the Chinese economy, but they uh, got squashed. So their growth was um, was unfortunately halted. So 
there's it's not clear where the country is going to go, but they're going to have to find something in the next few years. Otherwise, they're going to be in deep trouble. You talk about the tech sector. It's kind of interesting because, I mean, we do talk about Alibaba getting squashed, but we've also been reading about Jack Ma and Jay Chai buying quite a you know, buying back quite a lot of shares. We're seeing a lot of buybacks generally in the tech sector and amongst owners in China. Um, I don't know. Is that, to me, signaling a shift that maybe they're going to allow the companies to run again and without state interference? Or are they being told to buy these back? Or what's the story behind that? That's a very good question. It's very unclear. I think Jack Ma loved to, to, to run Alibaba. And I thought I think he may feel that now that things have cooled down since the crackdown, maybe it's time to come back in and see if he can right the ship. Pay attention to the messaging to the party. Make sure he's 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 paying people off or whatever he has to do to stay in business. Uh, but keep the business afloat and maybe re- rejigger because now he's up against Timu and some others that are starting to uh, eat the market share away from Alibaba. So um, it is an interesting development, and I'm uh, waiting to see how far he can really go with his measures. And then overall, how's China doing? I mean, we've heard that China should be the major competitor to the U.S. on AI. Um, and, and in this conference over the weekend, that was pretty much pointed out that China is going to be the leader in AI. How are they doing on that side? Are they making quite good tracks? I'm sorry, they're pointed out by who? Um, it was, uh, I've got to go back through my notes, but one of the analysts had actually turned around and, and said that China will be the bigger, big winners in AI. Um, well, uh, the analysts will say anything in order to get an investment banking deal, so I don't pay any attention <laughs> to that. Um, the, the, unfortunately, data, it is true that China has a huge data set uh, to play with, and they've been able to do that with um, you know, Alibaba and, and Financial and some other companies. The problem is that the data set is corrupted by all the censoring that goes on. And a lot of people I talk to in the AI industry say that's going to make it difficult to get clean data to be able to function. And plus, um, the ingenuity of China is – it's been very good at copycat stuff, but AI's next generation – things. And other countries, particularly the United States, are particularly good at that kind of thing. So I I think they'll get a lot of gains, perhaps in the manufacturing sector, where they have a lot of expertise. AI may be very applicable. But in a lot of the cutting edge stuff, I don't think that they're going to be a player yet. All right. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. That was a great chat. And I'd like to thank you for coming on. That was Andrew Collier, Managing Director at Orient Capital Research. Thanks, Andrew.